Obviously. On the prompt. I mean, I have a sound effect. I know, I know. But I I don't want to play it. It's a, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Welcome to The Prompt, a weekly panel discussion on technology and the culture surrounding Apple and related companies. It is Wednesday, April 9th, 2014. Welcome back to the world's greatest podcast. This is episode 43. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined, as I always am, by Mr. Stephen Hackett. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well, Michael. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, sir. Very well indeed. And Federico Vitici, are you there? Hello, gentlemen. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, good. So here we are, another episode of the greatest podcast ever known in human history and existence. <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm extending it now. <laughs> That's uh, becoming well, quite a long description, Mike. Well, you know, adequate for I the guess. greatness mm. that is our show. <clears throat> how is um, how is Europe? Gentlemen, it's European. Yeah, we're we're holding up. Yeah. Fancy, the continent's doing okay. Yeah, exotic. Yeah, yeah, exotic. Yeah, especially yeah. when you venture towards Federico's world. It's true. Well, the new world is. We're doing fine over here too. In the new world, yeah. that's what that's what America is. Okay. Yeah, Christopher Columbus saw that jazz. Wasn't he a European? Yes, but he came to the new world. Then left. And. They did terrible things. We should do a podcast about history sometime. Nope. What if we just follow up instead? Follow up. Uh, it's really only one piece of follow up this week, but it's it's, I think perhaps the most important piece of follow up. It's a very had. special one. It is. You know, I like to think. You know, when I when I often, gentlemen, I I go on my porch and I just sit and I I think about our show. That's not really true. Um, but I like to think that what we do at the very core of it is not talking about Apple or iPhones or Johnny Ive doing silly things, but it's to help people in the midst of their pain. Would you agree that that's what we do here every week? Uh, yeah, I mean, sure. That's so my for, life's mission. Yeah. 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 I think that's the world's greatest painkiller. So a listener named Ken wrote in, and uh, apparently Ken was having uh, a root canal done, so having some you know pretty nasty uh, dentist chair time, and was listening uh, to the prompt, and he credits us with helping him get through that difficult trial, which I think is pretty cool. I didn't know you could listen to a podcast during a dental procedure. Yeah, so what's the dentist listening to? How My, is this going on? I, I, right, I need to I, understand. I think... My guess is, and maybe, Ken, you could write back in and, and draw us a diagram of how, what <laughs> happened. My guess is he had, he had like, uh, an earbud in, and maybe only even one, because, like, I don't know about you guys, but like, my dentist, like, how are you feeling? Can you, you know, like, kind of talking? Are you still uh, alive? Yeah, yeah, like, are you seeing spots? Uh, do you need more laughing gas? Would you like me to take out all of these? <laughs> stuff like that yeah and you want to be able to hear your dentist say things like oops or what tooth are we operating on again <laughs> who are you yeah yeah is this the show <laughs> <laughs> um, uh but it, it uh, i think we need to fine-tune our messaging a little bit because you know so last week uh we were very happy to announce prompt photos which has since been acquired by dropbox yeah. and uh he couldn't stop laughing, which seems like the last thing you want to do when there's somebody in your mouth with power tools, right? <laughs> like, 
So can you imagine listener Ken just laughing during a procedure and then trying to explain that he was listening to a podcast that was talking about a a fake (laughs) photo service made by um, Joe Steel Industries, right? I mean, it just seems a bit, you know, hysterical. As a, uh, as a yeah, kind we, of situation. We don't live in the real world anymore. Whatever no. happened when we started this show, we left the we left reality on a different plane. Um but you know, I'm A Ken, I hope that your uh root canal was successful. He didn't say clearly he didn't die during the root canal because he emailed us and with past tense sentences. So hopefully uh things are healing up. All signs point to Ken being alive. <laughs> So, <laughs> so that's good news. I'm I'm really glad. Uh, I don't I don't want Ken to die. <laughs> yeah. Um, so 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 here's here's what we need. We need more. <laughs> we need more follow up. Uh, explaining how people are listening to the show. I'm remaining medical, alive <laughs> during medical procedures. Yeah. I'm, so that would be great. Like I would love to yeah. know this. So you know, if you're going in for like a, you know, so you know, going in for an MRI or something, have them pipe it in. Um, you know, having a little, some stitched up in the emergency room. Take your jam box. We want to be there with you in your pain. Just like anywhere, really, in that you listen to this show and uh, um, is something different in life. Like so, you know, you're you're listening to this show and you are bungee jumping or. You're listening to this show, and you're wrestling an alligator. Just anything like that, really. I'd, I, yeah. We would love to know. Where do you, the two of you listen to podcasts the most? Because Mike, you don't drive, but you have a commute, so you listen on the on the tube. Mm-hmm. On the tube, I li- is that how you say? I listen tube? to podcasts mostly in the car, and I guess in bed while my girlfriend is sleeping, and I just put the volume real low and just yeah. listen. Or you so, could just put headphones in. No, do I don't want to do that because oh, okay. you know, because I need to hear like what if somebody's breaking into my house, right? Because it's How, usually night, often? so I need to. How I need often to be... does that happen? That this <laughs> is a constant problem for you. Like you always need to consider this. Yeah, because I mean, I'm, I always stay up at night, and I leave, you know, just me and my girlfriend, and and it's Rome, so it's a big city. Lots of bad stuff happens, so there I need to be. I need to be, you Federico, know, you can tell me, is it the mafia? on top of my game. Is it the Mafia Federico? No, it's, <laughs> I, I, I hope not. <laughs> okay, I'm just checking. Uh, so really the, the lesson from you, Federico, is that you, you listen to podcasts, but your girlfriend listens to all of our voices as oh. she sleeps. So we're oh. seeping into her subconscious. Man, that cannot be terrible. healthy. That cannot be healthy. I'm going to start oh, putting subliminal messaging in. Yeah. To, to show. Pl- please never do that. Let Federico I, buy more iPads. Uh, I don't like want that. her to turn into some kind of bizarro mic. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. I do a good enough job for everybody. Yeah. Uh, I mean, can you just imagine that you wake up and you're not sure if Bionic was a dream or a show you actually listened to? It tends to sort of sit in between the middle of those things anyway. It's true. I don't want Matt, Matt Alexander in my subconscious. 
Subconscious. Subconscious? More, more Subconscious. than he already is, I guess. Consciousnessness. Subconsciousness. He doesn't listen. <sighs> Nobody does. So well, anyway, guys, so speaking of photos. <laughs> <laughs> nice transition. <laughs> Excellent um, work, buddy. <laughs> yes, because uh, I feel like this is... Um, I mean, we never talked about photos before. No, this is probably so, be the first time. I feel like, you know, after listener Ken... Um, I feel like we need to celebrate his um, his life, you know, his being alive, and talk about the, the actual photo stuff that we have today. Which yes, you know, we we sold to Dropbox basically. Mm-hmm. We we have been acquired and sunsetted, and our brand will find a new home. Wow, <laughs> I think the new term is blue bottled. Instead of Blue bottle. Oh, nice work. Okay. Blue bottle. Nice. See? Nice. Topical coffee reference. See? I'm a real podcaster. Um, yeah, so they had, Dropbox had a lot of announcements today. We're, we're going to get into them. But Mike, the, the tweet, and I hadn't seen it, um, but the, the tweet that you linked to in the show notes from Dropbox, I think is really interesting. And I think it's sort of the backbone of everything the company did today. Um and so basically they say what used to be one app is now a family of services all designed to work together with Dropbox as the foundation. And there were some, there were some people tweeting earlier. Sure maybe you guys saw this of, you know, there's a story that Steve jobs talked to Dropbox and you know, there was, you know, maybe not acquisition talks probably wasn't that far down the road, but, but basically jobs, Steve jobs, it's rumored told Dropbox, you know, you guys are not a product, you're a feature. And, you know, looking at Apple's sort of iCloud or even before that, dot Mac and mobile me, you know, f- online cloud file storage, I'm making enormous air quotes, um, was just part of Apple's offering. But I think starting maybe a while ago, but definitely today, you can see Dropbox trying to expand out from just that and like having these pockets of different things that they do. Is that you think that's a fair assessment of kind of, I mean, do you think the company is moving in that that direction of kind of being more more well-rounded? I do. I mean, we'll talk about Carousel in a bit more detail in a bit, but like to, to stay on this thread, like I was thinking about this when I saw this tweet and just as Dropbox were making their announcements today, right, where they're talking about um, changes to the way Dropbox works, talking about additions like Dropbox Business and mailbox updates and stuff. I started to get to thinking about like what Dropbox is now and like it feels to me like they're kind of like this pseudo or they're building like this pseudo OS. Like you've got a file management system, right? So you've got all of your files stored in Dropbox and I know a bunch of nerds like me. I All of my files live in Dropbox. Like I don't really save anything anywhere else on my Mac. Like everything goes into Dropbox, you know? Yeah, I'm the same way. Um, And that means that I can access these on any device that I own within reason, like any computing device, or I can go on the web, you know, I've got them all on my iPad, all on my iPhone. If I have an Android phone, I have it all there. So it's kind of like this file system which follows me around. But I also use Mailbox, and I will use Mailbox on all of my devices soon when they have their Mac app out. And then at the same time, now they're going into like photo management. There's just this feeling to me that it's like Dropbox is becoming... It has like all the sort of core. It's, it's building like the core components of what an OS delivers, 
and it's sort of managing them all and it's managing them all in like separate products as well. Like they're not all drop it's not like Dropbox mail or Dropbox photos. Like they've got their own little sub brands. It's just this really I don't know, they just seem to be doing some really interesting stuff. And I think this is kind of like the base of it. I only have a problem with that tweet, and that's the, the first part when 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 they say what used to be one app. And and my problem is that that's not completely accurate because Dropbox didn't used to be a mailbox. They didn't have a, the carousel thing before. It's just new stuff that they're trying to add on top of the Dropbox ecosystem. It's not like it's pre-existing services that they're trying to bring together or like Facebook that was a, a feature-packed service and that's now splitting up into multiple apps. It's new stuff for Dropbox. And I mean, Mailbox is a company that they acquired. So it's not that used to be one app. I guess the Dropbox is now trying to become more than a feature. If we argue that the, the, the file syncing is a feature, they're trying to add new things to, you know, to, to not be a feature. And, and I agree with Mike when, when, when you know, the photos, the, the the mail stuff, it just it feels like they're, they're just getting started because, I mean, Mailbox only works with Gmail and Yahoo and iCloud. And whereas I, I would love to have something like a real Mailbox email service. And oh, right, yeah, more than just the app. Yeah, and, and I guess that there are, even if you consider this perspective that Dropbox is, is adding new things, to you know, branch out and be more than, than file syncing or API. There, you could argue that in theory, that's what iCloud is supposed to do because in theory, Car- Carousel is what is what iPhoto and PhotoStream should be. In theory, um, Apple has iCloud Mail, which is of course pretty limited, and and in theory, Apple has the Mail app for for iOS and for OS ten. So you could still you, you could still say that Dropbox is actually adding new things that that Apple should be doing better. Yep. So there's still the argument for Dropbox being a feature and now maybe not just a file syncing file syncing feature but you know a series of products that already exist but they're just trying to do better than Apple. So maybe that's what we should what, you know what we should talk about. Uh, is Mailbox better than Apple Mail? I prefer it. I mean, certainly it works better with Gmail. So <laughs> that would not be hard. I mean, I think I think you guys are right. Like, there's obviously some sort of of movement going on here where they're trying to to break out of the, um, you know, the vertical that they've been in and, and really defined. I mean, Dropbox really defined, and it continues to for a lot of people. You know, sort of syncing of files and, and cloud storage and that stuff. But it to to view it as like a move towards like something like an OS or you know I, I kind of can can see Dropbox sort of looking at, at what Google does. You know, Google has a lot of different offerings and now some Dropbox ones, you know, definitely overlap with those more than they used to. And like, you know, right now you can kind of do all of your internet stuff either on iCloud or on Google's various services. And like I can see Dropbox kind of wanting to be a contender there. And so, you know, will we see Dropbox Calendar or Contact Sync in the future? You know, will we see a Dropbox powered 
email system? Like what would that look like? Not just the client, but the back end. And it's very interesting to sort of think about what they could do because clearly they have like syncing stuff down and it, it does it really well most of the time. And so kind of branching out from that, it's interesting to think about what they could do in the future. So I saw an interesting um, story about Facebook today, which I think kind of links into this, that um, Facebook is trialing in some European, well, they're, they're starting in some European countries and they're building it out across the world that you won't be able to use Facebook Messenger inside of the Facebook app anymore. Like currently when you press, if you have both apps installed and you press the Messenger button in the Facebook app, it opens the Facebook Messenger app, right? but eventually that's going to become the default for everyone. So like you will not be able to access Facebook Messenger inside of the Facebook app. Whether you have it or not, it will either make you install it or it will push you to it. Like, And then I assume they will then remove that functionality completely, like the button won't even be there anymore. Um, and, and I think it's, it's interesting to see these companies like Facebook, like Dropbox, they're building suites of applications which use a common system i.e. Facebook or Dropbox and you know maybe even Google to an extent like that they they or they acquire companies that they roll into their larger product they're not rebranding them they're leaving them as they are but they tie in with the core service and people and so these companies are basically they're getting you in a different they're getting you in whatever way that you want to be gotten so like if you if you don't like Facebook but you like Instagram then you can continue to use Instagram they're not going to make it facebook instagram you know and it's just really interesting to see that but also like they're just providing like a, a whole suite of applications for people and like they're, they're building these new systems and it seems like the cloud is providing people with this way of being able to have like these like pseudo operating systems that they can gain access to via these web services it's just really interesting to me to see it that's the the, the great unbundling of services that's been going on for the past few months because all these companies facebook twitter and, and dropbox now they're all starting to realize that they don't they don't want to end up like aol which you know huge service with lots of functionalities and eventually people wanted more focused and simple experiences so they started as you know, Facebook, it started as a simple iPhone app and then they started adding features upon feature and feature. And now it's so complicated and people want to, you know, to have simpler experiences. So they're, they are kind of returning to, to that kind of one app, one feature model. So they have a messenger app, they have the, the Facebook paper that's trying to reinvent the way that you read Facebook. They have Instagram that's not become part of Facebook. You know, when, when Facebook bought Instagram two years ago, all basically everybody was was saying someday Instagram will be part of Facebook, right? Like into Facebook. But two years later, and Instagram is still a separate network. And now Dropbox has realized that people want to use Dropbox for photos, but they don't want to have the photos inside the main Dropbox Dropbox app with all the files and folders and notifications and that all the features that Dropbox has. So they're trying to make a separate app. And, and and I believe that we'll see more of this. I mean, even Twitter, you can make fun of Twitter music, but the idea was there because they, they wanted to break like a specific feature of Twitter out of the main client and into a dedicated app. 
So I guess that a lot of companies are starting to realize that people want apps that do one thing very well. And now it's the turn of Dropbox with the photos. And the benefit to the big comp like to the companies themselves, I guess, is that they're not hedging their bets on a new feature that becomes part of the main experience. Like if they try something out and it doesn't work, they can get rid of it and it doesn't harm the, the core product. Yeah. So we should talk about Carousel, but before we do that, I want to take a quick break to thank our first sponsor uh, from today's episode of The Prompt, and that is, of course, our fine friends, our glorious friends over at Squarespace. They are the all-in-one platform that makes it super fast and super easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, or online store. For a free trial and 10% off, visit squarespace.com and use the offer code GREATEST at checkout. It's going to get you that lovely 10% off. A better web starts with your website. Squarespace is super simple, really easy to use. That's one of my main thing. If you're going to take one thing away, basically, if you want to get a website online really quickly and you don't want any hassle, they're going to be able to do that for you. So maybe that means you just don't want to worry about something. Like you know how to code websites. You know how to host websites. You've been doing it for years. But you've got a new project. You want to get something up on on the web really quick, really fast, and just have it all taken care of for you. Well, Squarespace is an option. Or maybe you are not, you know, you're not skilled enough to know how to manage this stuff yourself. Or you're setting up a website for somebody who you don't believe will. Or you don't want to have to provide tech support for. Well, Squarespace is the perfect solution for that stuff. They have absolutely beautiful templates. The design at Squarespace is fantastic from their applications to the backend system to the lovely templates that you can choose from. They all have drag and drop content with the, the with the websites. If you want to, maybe you want to add an image gallery in where you can just drag it into the page. You can move it all around. You can change the widths of all the content, like the barriers and stuff. So you want to make the, you want to make the, the blog portion of your site narrower than the rest so you put this lovely image that shows from the background which you can add all of that stuff's really simple to do they have 24 7 support through live chat and email they also are very active on twitter too and they have teams located in new york city and dublin to do this and that's all part of the squarespace package and plans start at just eight dollars a month and they even include a free domain name if you sign up for a year so all of this they have rock solid hosting squarespace sites don't go down you know it's just a thing that we've been saying for years and it's true like squarespace sites they just stay up they're rock solid they have responsive web design built into every squarespace plan they also have squarespace commerce too so if you want to set up a store you can do that it's part of every plan again it's all one big package you can start a trial with squarespace there's no credit card required to do this and you can start building your website today and when you decide to sign up make sure that you use the offer code greatest that's going to get you 10 percent off your first purchase and it will show your support for the prompt so thank you so much to squarespace for supporting this show and all of five by five so that's squarespace a better web starts with your website carousel yeah, guys, I wanted to talk about this new iPhone app. Mike, have you tried the app? Mm-hmm. Steven, have you tried the app? You guys have all tried the app. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so what I wanted to start with is the is the UI because um, it's basically named Carousel, I guess, for two reasons. One must be the Kodak pitch from Mad Men. Mm-hmm. That's my interpretation. And the second one is that they actually have a Carousel in, in the interface. At the bottom of the app... So, okay, basically, Carousel loads all photos from your Dropbox account, and not just a specific folder, but any folder. Any photo that or video that you have in Dropbox is going to be loaded into Carousel. Uh, photos are sorted uh, vertically, 
from oldest to newest and they built an actual carousel at the bottom of the screen. There's a like a little scrubber that you swipe over to move across months and years. And as you swipe over the carousel, this little wheel at the bottom of the of the main uh, view, as you as you swipe over and you go back in time. And as you go back in time, the photos and the videos at the top uh, they they follow you vertically. So as you move. As you swipe to the left, the photos go up, and as you swipe over to today, the photos go towards the current day. So it's a it's a very interesting model to to show uh, the way that you browse and the way that you like uh, navigate photos uh, through time. And it's interesting because they're not using a, a standard folder-based approach. You cannot. Uh, navigate folders in your account because the app, like I said, it, it gets photos from all folders or you cannot have a, something like a toolbar to set up filters for dates or time time periods. You, you can just scroll this little carousel and the app uh, goes back and forth between months. And so then it, then it also has like a chat function. You can like share photos of people. Yes, so um, the main... The main view where the photos are shown is pretty much um, a different take on Apple's Photos app. So photos are organized by moments, and a moment could be a day or different locations uh, on the same day. Each moment uh, has a sharing icon. Uh, when you tap the sharing icon, the app selects all the photos from that moment. So for instance, say you have uh, a moment for uh, April 9th, um, you tap the sharing icon and all the photos from that day are selected. And this is slightly different from the Apple Photos app because when you do that in the in the Photos uh, client, you can choose to select some photos from a moment or all photos. Dropbox defaults to selecting all photos. When you share, you, you have two choices. You can, you can either uh, send some photos to a person or you can tap a little icon that brings up a standard share sheet that has a bunch of options for messages, mail, Twitter, and copy link, that kind of stuff. The chat feature that you mentioned, Mike, is, is pretty cool because basically you can send photos to somebody using a name or email or phone number. That person will get inside the Dropbox Carousel app, uh, a, a message and a photo preview. And if that person doesn't have the Dropbox Carousel app installed, they're going to get an email saying that you shared some photos with them. When you tap on the, on, when, you, when you open the email, the Dropbox will tell you to install Carousel from the app store. And it's interesting because uh, the chat interface can be accessed at any time. You, it, it's a persistent button in the, in the top toolbar of the app. So you can go there and just chat with your friends about photos that you shared. So my guess is that this is meant for families and friends sharing photos and of events or vacations or something. And it's also cool that when you receive a photo from, from a friend in, in the chat, you can keep, the, there's a button that says 
keep photo so that photo gets added uh, in full resolution to your Dropbox account straight away right from the chat so I guess Dropbox wants to to enable people to easily share and save photos and it and it's basically it kind of feels like that Instagram feature what's the name Instagram direct yeah the, like, the yeah the person to person the, yeah the Instagram messaging to to share photos so the UI is pretty cool the chat feature is pretty cool but everything else is seriously underpowered especially when compared and Steven I think you'll agree with me especially when compared to something like camera sync or even the old Dropbox app there's there are not many basically there are no settings for to customize uploads there are no settings for folders there are no settings for screenshots you can basically just allow the app to upload photos for you and that's it yeah so you know we've talked a lot in the past about photo management and how you know i know federico you and i and i think i think now mike we use dropbox to store off our photo library i've got 80 something gigs of photos on my paid dropbox account and so you know when i heard the news break you know saw the news break today i was i was excited because i I immediately thought of something like unbound which we've covered in the past it's basically a viewer for images uh, in your, fo- you know, quote unquote, photo library on your Dropbox, and I think, in my opinion, Carousel is overreaching in in a couple of of, of ways. And the big one, <clears throat> the big one, um, <clears throat> a voice crack like a, <clears throat> I'm growing up, guys. Um, you can't contain Carousel to one set of folders, and so a uh, friend of the show. I hate that phrase. Friend of the show, Bradley Chambers, uh, tweeted earlier that he was seeing images that he knew were only in day one in Carousel. And the the reason this is happening is that Carousel looks at for all image files in your Dropbox account and puts them in its view. And so day one stores images as images. I actually cracked open my little day one database entry file today and it's a bunch of XML and stuff and there's images in there. Um, in a similar fashion, um, uh, Florian, and, and I noticed it as well, Florian's tweet is hilarious. Um, they, you know, I'm getting images in here that I know are not part of like my quote photo library. Like I have a lot of shared folders with a bunch of different people for work and so I'm seeing like client images in there and, you know, pictures from my you know, my brother's projects, I'm helping him on. And it's not, I don't get to control that. And I would really like to be able to go into settings and say, you know, carousel, look at this directory, you know, look at Dropbox slash photo slash photo library and pull all those subfolders. Um, so we'll see, you know, we'll see if that happens or not. Yeah, I guess the problem is that they want to treat Dropbox more like iPhoto, where it's just a single place where you just drop photos in. But the problem is that people are not using Dropbox like iPhoto. They like the fact that they have control over folders. So they're trying to make this unified and simple solution, but people expect the kind of, you know, control that, that right. lets you say, I want this folder, I want I want to exclude this shared folder, because that's a problem that I have too. Uh, we have a shared Mac Stories folder, and I'm getting all you know photos from my from my Mac Stories colleagues and friends, and I just don't want those in in Carousel. 
Yeah, there is. So we have can't... a bunch of shared like this. This could be like an epic troll opportunity for people yeah. that have shared Dropbox folders. So oh, like, yeah. I could put an image in the in our Dropbox folders right now, and it would appear in Carousel for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, now, this you is can, interesting. now you can. Now you can. Please don't do that. <laughs> so, so there is some control. So I'm I'm in Carousel right now, and I found a picture of uh, a bottle of Jack Daniels a picture I took a couple years ago, and I can swipe down and I can hide yep. that. Uh, so it it is gone from Carousel's view in the future. So if I hand my phone to somebody, they don't see my Jack Daniels picture or. Assumingly, what it's there for is for naked Matt Alexander selfies. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's 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 a step in the right direction. I would like to see them add more control around that. Um, the other thing I, I I really don't like, and Federico, you touched on it, is that Carousel will auto upload your camera roll, and if the app's yeah. open in the background, it'll do it automatically. Yeah. Now the Dropbox app can do this. I, however, like you, I believe, I use Camera Sync for that. Uh, and for one big reason is that the Dropbox app, I've caught it several times screwing with EXIF data as it uploads images. And so say I take a photo yesterday, I don't open the Dropbox app until today. Sometimes the Dropbox app will change the creation date of the file to today, not yesterday when I took it. And my entire 80 gig photo library, all those file names are based on creation date. So all, I mean, all my images are 2014-4-9 at 5.29 p.m. if I took a photo right now. And so obviously that's troublesome for me. Um, And so um, uh, I like Carousel. I've I've already actually really enjoyed it. You know, like we talked about Everpix 100 years ago. Uh, I can scroll back and like, Instantly, I can see pictures of my kids when they were born because I can just scroll back to 2008 and see my son, you know, when we brought him home from the hospital. And that's really cool. And that's it, that is very attractive to me. Um, you know, not, like the Don Draper thing, which we should put back in the show notes. I, I feel like it's been in our show notes in the past, but the idea that like these pictures are like are like memories and they you know they they come back around and they 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 connect with us in a really special way. Carousel captures that for me. But all this other stuff is keeping it. it I'm going to keep it on my phone, but I don't think I'm going to be interacting with it all that much until a couple of these things are addressed. Yeah, and about and about uploads, um, I also use camera sync, but I have like two other favorite features. One is the fact that you can tell camera sync to to upload photos when you arrive at a specific location. Yeah. And the second one is that you can exclude screenshots from the upload. Which so is huge you can, for you. Yes, that's perfect. And I also noticed that if you allow Carousel to upload photos for you and you go back to the Dropbox app, you go into the settings and you go into the upload settings, the Dropbox app won't show you the regular settings anymore. It'll just show you a screen that says uh, Carousel is managing the uploads for you. So go to the Carousel app. Yeah. And, uh, and for this, you lose uh, the, the options that, that the Dropbox app used to have and that Carousel doesn't have now. <laughs> so that seems like a, like a strange... What strange options offer. were they? Um, I think there was a... There was a I should... I should uninstall the Carousel app and send you a screenshot. I'm pretty sure that there used to be more settings for, I'm going to say background uploads, 
And right. now... Because it has Car- that in the Carousel app. No, uh, in Carousel, I only get the upload on Wi-Fi or oh, upload on Wi-Fi and cellular. And I think so, it's, yeah, I'm it, assuming it's doing that in the background though, right? Yeah, I think Carousel, yeah. best I can tell, unless you force quit it, it is just uploading images all the, all time. the time. And it takes over the Dropbox app in the in the upload settings. And But yeah, I agree with Steven when he says that it's super cool to... Just go back in time with the, with the carousel at the bottom and see old photos. I'm doing this now, and let me tell you that there are some pretty embarrassing photos of me in high school. So, but yeah, the concept seems to seems to work, right? Because you, you go back in time, and maybe it's not as epic as you know the Madman pitch, but I get it. It's a, it's a pretty cool interface. I just wish that it that it had more features because. Long time Dropbox users like me and Steven, uh, we would love to, you know, to have the kind of control that we tend to expect from Dropbox. And so I guess that for now I'm going to stick with the uh, camera sync and unbound and with um, with a backup to picture life because uh, Dropbox, this carousel thing is pretty cool, but it doesn't have all the cool stuff that I have in picture life, like uh, memories, locations and albums that sort of thing so it's it's a decent start it's it's got cool transitions mike i know that you love the the welcome screen oh see i'm a sucker for a a good yeah like um onboarding onboarding experience you know i i like me now everyone (laughs) i liked it so much that when i was playing with the app a couple of hours ago i stopped during the the welcome screen to just record a video because I want to turn it into a GIF. And yes, I, I just said GIF. Congratulations. I, I will never say the other version. So like, um, I like, I'd like, it was, there was just really nice animations and it turned like the whole thing into an animation and there was like the phone within the phone and you were like pressing like a, the parts of the UI that were like a miniaturized version. That's my favorite rather than like taking, just showing me screenshots and like highlighting them. This is what you do, but like actually having me interact. Clear does this in a really good way. Same sort of idea as well. Um, yeah. I, I like that it does the sort of the shared clipboard sign in thing, you know, where it's using yeah. the shared clipboard to recognize yeah. that I am Michael Hurley. And I was, me in. I was surprised though. So I have two step authentication turned on on my Dropbox account. And that, I know like iOS apps can share that, but I still kind of wanted to be texted a PIN number to log in. You'd prefer it if it just didn't do that for you, just to make you feel safer. Yeah, which is completely ridiculous, because like someone has my phone, the worst thing they're going to do to me is install Carousel, like that doesn't make any sense, but. I'm like, I'm I'm really underwhelmed with this app. I I think that you two have been a lot kinder on it than than I might be. No, I think there are. There are a lot of nice details. Uh, like I believe that uh, the 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 way that you browse uh, is super smart. Like breaking uh, the 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 navigation into like modes. There's the horizontal model and there's the vertical one, and they are both connected. It's kind of like basically if you look at it like the fantastical day ticker. That's basically the same model because there's a horizontal gallery of time and there's the vertical content area it's basically the same idea so yeah i mean that's nice but i'm not getting much out of that so like in the dropbox app at the moment 
all of my photos are I have one I have fifty percent of that view, which is the reverse chronological list that I can scroll through, right? That's already there. I haven't got a quick way of jumping from year to year. But what use is that? Like if I'm looking for a picture, like I want that picture of me at the zoo. I don't know what month and year that was necessarily taken in. Like the navigation option that they've provided doesn't make any sense. Like they're touting the fact that it sorts things by event, but you have to know the date and time. How are you gonna find a photo anyway if you don't know the the time? Yeah, no, I I do mine by subject. So I have subfolders, and which is one reason I'm gonna continue to sync photos to my phone via iTunes because I keep. Folders based on subjects. So each of my kids has a folder. Our vacation has a folder. And a much to me, that way, makes a lot more sense. A much bigger way of finding those sort of images, Federico, is by location, I think, than time. Or maybe that's just for different people. Uh, but I would, considering it already does the breaking up of items by location, right? You And it knows, like, you were here when this was happening. And it shows you that. I would like to be able to navigate to that rather than just being able to navigate through a, a list of a chronological list like mm. it doesn't really feel like there's enough here for me um the actual scrolling animation makes me feel a little bit uneasy i don't like it it's too harsh for me so like when you're scrolling and then the images are flying like through that it's there's something about that to me which is it's very fluid and it's very fast and responsive and i think that to me to my eyes is a problem like it's too quick it's happening too fast and it the, the the images aren't blurred in any way they're just like zooming past like it's too harsh this is probably there may be some people that can understand what i'm saying with this cuz they feel the same but it's moving too quickly like it, 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 i don't like the necessarily like the way that it looks i think they're onto a good start but i feel like there's some that i need to be able to find my photos in different ways other than just by date like I don't, I don't see that as, like, one of the things that I loved about Everpix was the way that it really easily organized things, and it would give me previews of months and years. Okay, know? so I, I, think that, I think that I know what the problem is here. I think that a lot of people, uh, including you and maybe to an extent me, uh, we were expecting to, to see a sort of new Everpix or yep. new picture life from mm -hmm. Dropbox. Definitely. Instead, what we're getting is the Dropbox take on the camera roll. This is not a full photo management photo, you know, that kind of full-featured solution for so, photos and videos. So this why have a separate app? Like, if all you're going to do is just break out the functionality that's already in the Dropbox app and just give me a different method of scrolling? Because I guess they, they believe that going forward, it's a better... I, you know, that, they, they, that, need a, like, they need a clean start. This is what I, I, I hope. This is what I hope and, and kind of expect from these guys is that this is step one. And then maybe later I will see more of what I'm looking for. Like there'll be more options in the way that you can find images and stuff. That's what but, I hope. And that's why I'm, uh, I'm going to keep it installed and, and will try my, my most to use it. Uh, it is a good step one. I do believe that this is a good start, but I feel like that there is to make this to make this even close to how good Everpix was. They've got a lot of work. Oh yeah, for sure. And have you tried the the sharing gesture? Yes, yeah, nice. 
I think that's super yeah, yeah, like that. much much better than than the Apple one. Oh, for sure. It's that's like the fact that you're just looking at the image and you just drag up and then you can just yeah. dr- flick a few more up and then send. Yeah. That sort of stuff is amazing. Like yeah. there are f- parts of this app which I believe are, are, are excellent, but I feel like the core feature needs work. Like yeah, because, finding because images we were, needs work. Yeah, because we were expecting like Dropbox is doing Everpix. And now it's just basically photo stream slash camera roll. Yeah, and I think that Dropbox should be doing Everpix more yeah. than they should be just camera roll. Yeah. Okay, so uh, mailbox coming for Android and OS ten. Hooray! Like I'm, I'm looking forward to. It. I use mailbox, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to having, uh, to having it on my Mac. Like I don't really have a lot to say because I haven't tried it out. That some people have. There seems to be people happy about it. I don't know what I think about this, like auto, uh, like basically auto archiving. Like they're calling it auto swipe. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. Like, it's basically filters, right? Yeah, but it's doing it automatically, and that is a uh, yeah. I I don't. I like Mailbox as an application. I don't use at the moment. I don't really use a lot of the snoozing features and stuff. Previously, I didn't like it because they they manipulated my email in ways that I wasn't comfortable with, like adding stars to things. They don't do that anymore, so I'm I'm starting to use those features a bit more. And I will know that I will use them more when all of the apps that I use for email work like this, because like Airmail doesn't have this feature, so it's not part of like my entire system. But the idea of my email app sorting my incoming email automatically for me feels like a dangerous yeah i mean i don't like i appreciate the idea behind mailbox i don't i don't use it um i I had it on my iphone for a little while and then ended up going back to the gmail application because i keep my work email which is google apps powered separate from the built-in mail client where my other accounts are um and one of the reasons, I mean, I can ignore a lot of like the snoozing stuff, but the thing that killed me was like the notification badge doesn't do what you expect it to do. Like it's like, uh, and at least when I tried it, it might still be this way where like any unread messages, you just get a one on the badge. Like they can't, they can't tell you how many unread messages you have. And that sort of stuff was kind of a deal breaker for me. Do you, I, I, that surprises me that you have a badge for email. I do on the, uh, I do on the work email just because it's my job is basically to do email. But yeah, they've changed it now, by the way. Have they? Okay, you so I mean, have, you can choose no or show inbox conversation count or show one for new messages. Yeah, so that would be well. So that's even not the same thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, the, it's not. It's not all new messages, is it? Right, which is what I would want. Because um, their idea is never yeah. have an unread email in your inbox. Yeah, and don't worry. As soon as like Friday at five rolls around, I turn Gmail push notifications off. So we'll see. It's interesting, and I think obviously there's a lot of room for improvement with mail clients on OS 10. So I'm going to be that guy who says that he is pretty uncomfortable with the mailbox service having direct access to your email. <laughs> My government already does. It's fine. <laughs> and I just and want to. I just want to have has a- yours too, Federico. So don't worry about it. I just want to have straight up normal imap i mean i love the kind of work that goes into mailbox like the gestures and like the snoozing and and i feel like mailbox has been sort of a pioneer of many features that we're now seeing in other email apps i just i just want to have um, 
you know, my email client talks to the IMAP service and that's it. I don't want the middleman. And maybe I'm weird. Maybe most people don't care. I'm just, you know, wired up uh, in that way. And, you know, it's I don't a valid, think it's for me. It's a perfectly valid concern. It doesn't bother me because I'm not emailing things that... I'm not saying that you are, Federico, but... Like it, it personally, my it personally. How do you know? Me. What do you know about the, the, well, the yeah, stuff I, that I email? Mike has access to your inbox. Yeah, I am your middleman. Wow, I read all of your email wow. and send it through wow. to you directly. I wasn't sure if you were aware of that. Um, it just does. Those things don't bother me. It doesn't bother me personally because any people could just read my email. Like, there's nothing in there that that I'm that is, I'm embarrassed about or is insane. You know. Nobody does, to my knowledge, read my email, and I get, but it's not something that I'm worried about. Anyway, so that's how, that's how 1984 starts, by the way. Yeah. Way I'll, to go, Mike. You've yeah, brought the end of civilization upon us. Fantastical, <laughs> however, for iPad can save us. Yes. According to this review I read on MacStories.net. Yeah. So, Federico, this app is, it's been out a week now, but kind of thumbs up. Thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. Thumbs up, for sure. And okay. looking Done. forward to to more <laughs> features. Yeah, so what's this is missing, like... Then? Yeah, I mean, what's, what's wrong with it? I, I, feel, I feel like um, like there could be more ways to use the bigger screen. And this is something that I, that I touched upon in the review. I feel like... They've done a pretty good job with the with the day ticker list and and the the, the mini like month calendar on the right and uh, the bigger day ticker lets you see more days. But I still feel like there should be like new ways to think about the calendar and 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 I feel like on the iPad there's a bigger opportunity to experiment than on the iPhone and. Like, for instance, stuff with, I don't know, location or, uh, you know, having different views uh, at the same time. Um, I feel like that there's, there's more, there's still a lot of room for experimentation on the iPad. And this is a fantastic start, no pun intended. And <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Uh, it's it's a great start. Seriously, I love the app, and I, I I seriously use it every day. And when I when I'm writing at my desk, if I'm using if I'm using my Mac, I just keep uh, Fantastical on the iPad and just you know go through my reminders. And it it's portable, so I can use it whatever I want. Uh, but I still feel like on the bigger screen, there 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 could be more. I don't know what because it's not my job. Um, but yeah, uh, looking forward to, to updates. It's for sure it's the best reminders client on the iPad. I don't think there's any doubt that the Apple uh, reminders app is like, uh, I'm not going to say the devil, but I'm going to say a seriously badly thought client. <laughs> so, so I... Um you know, I like Fantastical. I'll actually own it for all my devices, but I don't use it. Um, and and the big <laughs> why do you have it, Mike? You buy everything. Don't don't judge me. Uh, 
I don't, I don't use it because I don't use reminders. And I uh, actually, a couple weeks ago, I tweeted some about it. I don't think we talked about it on the show. Um, I'd used OmniFocus way back in the day and then have been using Remember the Milk for about a year, which I, I like. I've got some issues you, with. You're the only user. That's <laughs> probably true. Um, have you remember the People used to make fun when I would host my, post my, screen sh- my like home screen screenshots. People were like, yeah. what the hell is that? It's like 2004. Um, it's like the Casey list of GTD systems. Oh. Yeah, um, because you had all these fancy icons and then there was a cow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On the home so, screen. So I was like, you know what? Federico, whom I respect greatly, uses reminders, speaks highly of it. I ought to give it a shot. And I, I will give reminders credit that the sync worked really, really well with iCloud. I like that I could use reminders on the Mac in BusyCal, which is the calendar app that I uh is my default on my MacBook Air. I don't I don't use Apple's built-in calendar. They've actually taken reminders out of that uh, completely. But it was miserable for for me on on the iPhone where I do a lot of my task management stuff on my phone, especially uh, entering, like just banging out, like putting new tasks in. And the reminders app was slow and I could use Siri, but I don't want to use Siri in a meeting because then I'm just the dude in the corner talking to his phone. Um, and I like the integration and notification center on iOS. I could check something off there and you know, the the reminders are really good. Um, but it, it didn't really click with me because it, it felt sort of reminders kind of feels cheap in a lot of ways. And and I don't really know what I mean by that. Exactly. I I hate Apple's interface for it everywhere uh, on the Mac. It's gross on the iPad. It's apparently the devil on the iPhone is not any better. In my opinion, it's the worst app on the, like is I just, I have so many problems with the iPhone. Right. And like, if you're going to use it, use it. And you know, you can't do custom uh, repeating things. So I have a task that I need to complete every weekday afternoon and now i in busy cal i could create that reminder um and it would sync correctly but it's like i gotta do all these weird things to make it do what i need to do so i'm back in omnifocus and using omnifocus 2 for the mac which is a totally different topic um so i feel like fantastical is sort of wasted on me as someone who doesn't use reminders um it's great looking i do like that the apple calendar puts the date on the you know on the home screen which is really nice but um, I just feel like I'm not using like half of what Fantastical is good at if I don't use the reminder integration. I don't use reminders at all, and I, and I, I really like Fantastical. That's why you forget stuff, Mike. No, I use OmniFocus. What do I forget? Really? I never forget anything. <laughs> forget Michael never forgets. It's like remember the mic. It's like an elephant. It, he never forgets. I think that's Evernote. Oh, yeah. So... I think it's about time that we all just, you know, forget about the people that that we worship in our lives and just all turn to Johnny Ive. So, news came out this afternoon. So we were we were talking in our group chat earlier. Like this happens like every week. We don't have any topics, and then the world explodes on Wednesdays, and we have a bunch of stuff to talk about. Um, and since the show comes out like the night that we record it, it's timely, which is great. Um. So a report came out of <laughs> subtle ATP burn. Um, <laughs> WW, hashtag WWDC. Uh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, so 9to5 had a report today, and it was picked up by Mac Rumors, and we have a bunch of links in the show notes. 
um, that uh, Greg Christie, who I've heard, I'd heard the name before. He's one of those Apple guys who like you don't hear his name very often, but is very influential. I'm so um, glad you said that because I was scared to say I've, this was the first time I've ever heard of this guy. I've only it, it's only been in passing and then sort of like off the book conversations. That's not like, way. I've read a few things today. It's like, he was responsible for everything forever. And I'm like, oh, I never heard of him. Yeah. And so, and his <laughs> name has been out recently in this, the new Samsung trial, which I can't even begin to think about oh, talking about. I just don't even. Um, and so this guy has been in charge of more or less UI for iOS for a long time. And the nine to five report, at least lays the redesign of iOS 7 at his feet, not at Jonathan Ives, which is, of course, very different than everything we've heard before. And apparently, if you believe everything you've read, that he and um, uh, the good Sir Jonathan apparently had a falling out, and now Christie is no longer at Apple or is in the process of leaving. Um, which I feel like we've heard this story before. It is the, I mean, so, so here's the thing. So I wrote just a very short thing about it and like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll buy what Apple's selling about, about Scott Forstall. And I think that there's a good case that Forstall being removed is probably the right idea. But this guy, like if he was responsible for iOS seven and Jonathan, Ive was not, um, which I don't really buy iOS 7, we, we've talked about it for, forever, has its fair share of problems, and not just in the UI, obviously on you know other things like your phone crashing and, and that sort of thing. But what, what I worry about this. Like, if this was the guy who set up to Ive on design decisions and software, and now he's gone, like, A, is Jonathan Ive just solely in charge of, of the, you know, the UI now, which is seems scary. And two, like... If if no one can stand up to this this new regime, I mean, now if according to all this stuff, Jonathan Ives basically has a, a a blank check when it comes to Apple software and hardware design. That's not collaboration. That's not what Apple sold when Forstall went out the door. This is there's just one dude in charge of everything now. Like, is that good or bad? I mean, it it worries me personally. So basically. Ive is now in charge of industrial design, uh, human interface, and software design. Is that right? Uh, but this yes. guy is, is designing everything at Apple, except for maybe the retail source. Right? Yeah, I think so. So if Ive uh, is wrong, he's the only guy in charge. I'm going to be that guy. Okay. For a moment. Okay. At the risk of everybody. <laughs> Mike, I'm scared. Me. Steven, hold me. This happened before. <laughs> this is what Steve Jobs did. Steve Jobs was the guy in charge of everything, right? Yeah. And it's... It, it, I know... I Look, I know. I know what you're going to say. But he was. <laughs> he was, wasn't he? It, it all but set he had, with But Jobs. he had a Jonathan Ive. Who is Jonathan Ives? Jonathan Ive. We don't know, but there probably is one. Yeah, he fired him. <laughs> no, because obviously it wasn't. Because Jonathan Ive worked well with Steve Jobs. Maybe this guy didn't. Jonathan Ive definitely has an apprentice. 
Right? He has one. It's not like it's just going to be him and he trusts no one and he does all of the work. There are people that he works with that he trusts. Like, and we've probably seen their names like a few times. I not I don't necessarily understand why in this instance everyone's like Johnny Ive is evil and he's doing this wrong and it's going to destroy everything. I'm not like, the more I, I'm not saying that you're saying that. Like but people are jumping <laughs> to the conclusion that, sure. that Forstall had to go because I've said so and well, now what, Christy what has to go. What is the internet but a collection of poorly thought ideas? I know, but I'm just I, I just wonder like for example, if our issue currently with Apple is that iOS 7 was not good, and we've been blaming Ive, right? I think that's been what's been known for that. Yeah. But maybe it wasn't him. So maybe Ive is getting rid of the guy that we currently all think ruined everything and wants to fix it. I mean, whether he'll fix it now or it like takes time, which it will, because they're not going to, they're not going to. No matter how bad people think it is, they're not going to revamp iOS again, like significantly in iOS 8. That just seems insane. But I don't know. I feel like it's not necessarily a bad idea. Apple have done this before. They've worked this way before. Uh, I I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about it. Just the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm like, we have absolutely no reason to believe any of this. Yeah. So I think all that aside, which is a giant pill to swallow, but if you put all that aside, there's no way to spin this in which it's not a loss for Apple. I mean, uh, the Wall Street Journal has an article um, that TechCrunch linked to, uh, and I didn't. I must. I must have missed this. This dude has been at Apple since 1996, and he has. I, I knew the patent thing. He, he, in fact, his name is on the patent for Slide to Unlock. I mean, this guy obviously is a very critical thinker, and it has. Even if the, uh, you know, the look of iOS has changed, you know, it's not skeuomorphic, it's not very flat, whatever those words mean. His thoughts, things like Slide to Unlock, helped. I mean, he helped them come into existence. And so that sort of critical thinking and that sort of problem solving leaving Apple is maybe more concerning to me than like Jonathan Ive being on a crazy power trip. If that's indeed the case. Hmm. I don't know. I'm just personally kind of scared about the guy you apparently pushed for certain decisions in iOS 7, which are still questionable, now in charge of every aspect. And the guy you created stuff like Slide to Unlock. I mean, the guy's a genius. And now the Apple is saying that he's been planning his retirement. Uh, 9 to 5 Mac is saying that there was a falling out. Uh, I don't know, guys. I just don't know what to believe anymore. And, and, and the uh, timing with the Samsung trial is very interesting. I mean, Christie's had some pretty key testimony, and now all of a sudden he's retiring. Like, yeah. Is that, I mean, I'm not saying Apple would say, if you tell, you know, you say something on the stand, we're going to make you leave. Like, clearly that would be illegal in all sorts of interesting ways. But again, the time, the timing, and like all this stuff is very strange, and you know, it'll take twenty years to ever find out what actually happened. I'm sure, but this is just another you know link in the chain of like talent leaving Apple, and it's it's concerning. Uh, guys like this need to stick around. The parts of the iOS seven design that that are still questionable, right? Like. 
the fact that Apple is making dozens of accessibility options or <laughs> yeah. the fact that people don't know where to tap anymore because they have problems in distinguishing buttons from you know other elements those parts were they made by Christie and his team were they decided by Jonathan Ive where's the pendulum swinging I mean what were who was in charge of the stuff that we criticized? So I, I guess uh, I guess we'll never know, and I guess we just what we have to keep faith, or so, I, I, I guess. Yeah, and I don't you know, know, you touched on a second for the like Apple's slammed four hundred accessibility options into iOS, and that, you know, we didn't talk about it last week, but that sort of has been going through my head of the idea of like if iOS 7 is opinionated software, um, opinionated software is great as long as what you base your opinions on is good. And it, it really comes back to like who made the decisions that got iOS 7 where it was. If it's this guy and he's gone, maybe that's okay. If it wasn't this guy, if he yep. said, you, you know what, you guys are making a lot of mistakes – and he was overrun, that's an entirely different thing. And that's the scenario that worries me. We don't know if that's yeah. true or not, but you can kind of assume that maybe it is. I mean, all I know is after using iOS 7 for like eight months or whatever, <laughs> I'm not making a joke. <laughs> yes, you are. I'm not. I couldn't go back. I wouldn't be able to go back. Like, I see people using iOS 6 and I think it looks horrible. Like, it just looks old and weird. Like, did if you... Look, I mean, I think that iOS looks a lot nicer, but what iOS 7, the design aesthetic of iOS 7, has done for application design, I think is a good thing. Man, iOS 5. They, those were the days. They were the heyday. Those were the, that was the heyday, yeah. right? They, they, those 5. were the days for you. Man. So, WWDC. Who's going? Let's talk about that in a moment. Before we do, I want to take a quick moment to thank our friends. Smile and PDF Pen for iPad, which lets you edit your PDFs wherever you are. You can sign a contract, fix a typo, correct a price list, fill out a form, all whilst you're on the go. You can take your PDF documents with you. You can add some notes. You can make highlights and any other markups that you need whenever you're on the go, whenever you're mobile. Maybe you're in a coffee shop in Memphis. Maybe you're in a tea shop in London or on the beach in Italy. Well, you're going to be able to make sure that you make all of your amendments to your PDFs on your iPad. It's with you. It's all the time. You can edit your PDFs anywhere, as I mentioned, and you are able to do this with complete feature-rich mobile editing power. That's what Smile have created and embedded in PDF Pen, which is available on the App Store now and is updated for iOS 7, and it's performing fantastically on that, on all your iOS 7 devices, of course. You can sync your PDFs via iCloud, Dropbox, and Alfresco, and you can retrieve and save PDFs via Dropbox, Evernote, Box, Google Drive, you can share PDFs with your desktop via Wi-Fi, transfer your PDFs using iTunes, FTP, WebDAV. They've basically thought and built in everything. PDF Pen for iPad also supports JotTouch, uh, Jaja or Yaya, and Pogo Connect pressure-sensitive pens and styluses, which is really cool. Don't forget PDF Pen Scan Plus, which is OCR power in your pocket, allowing you to take pictures and have your uh, iPhone or iPad use powerful OCR scanning to turn these into machine-readable PDFs. And also PDF Pen 6 for the Mac, which offers incredible tools like Redaction, really rounding out the whole PDF Pen suite. I want you to go and check all of this out right now 
All of these apps are available to you in a myriad of different ways, and the best way to go and find out more about them is by going to smilesoftware.com slash prompt. Thank you so much to Smile for their support of this show and all of 5x5. WWDC. Mm-hmm. Which I once said on a podcast is a thing that I hate saying most on podcast because very few things make me sound so Southern. But I will not ever abbreviate it to dub dub. I think people who call it that should be probably just sent to Google I.O. It sounds nice. Dub dub? Dub dub. dub. Yeah, it's funny. So uh, I'll be there. Mike, you will be there. Nope. What? Change my mind. I'm not going. That's not true. Yeah. He will be busy restoring his phone. Oh, Federico, you broke my heart. Why? Why? Because you're not going. I know. I know. I know. I, uh, I, I was hoping that it would, it'll be, you know, it was going to be the second week. You guys told me that there was a possibility of being the second week of June. And then Casey Lee started saying that it was going to be the first week of June. And it is the first week of June. And now I cannot come. I, uh, you guys, to WWDC, to WW, whatever. I'm, I'm no. so sad, but I have conflicting schedules. So yeah. The keynote is the day of my wedding anniversary. Whoops. And you're going anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Happy so, anniversary. Oh, you're not my wife. You're Tim Cook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do get them confused all the time. Um, so let's talk about things that... More sad things. So over the last, you know, five, let's say, let's really say 10 years, uh, WWDC has had a uh, explosive growth and in interest. Ten years ago, Apple was calling developers, hey, come out to San Francisco, we're going to do some things. Last couple of years, it sold out, you know, in uh, two weeks, and then a week, and then a couple of days, and then hours, and then last year, what was it, like four minutes or something? Um, clearly, that's not sustainable for a lot of reasons. One, the system always explodes because there's a billion people trying to sign up. But it's it's very unfair to people who don't live roughly in American time zone. So if Apple announces that at 10 a.m. the tickets are on sale, you know, Federico, if you were a normal human and were asleep, uh, that would be not great for you because you would have less of an opportunity to attend. And so they moved to a, uh, a lottery system, right? So I think if I, if I, if I get this right, guys, uh, you apply to the lottery and then, what was it, on Monday – they told you if you were in or not, and then you could decide if you were to purchase a ticket, right? Yeah. Like, do we know if they've told everybody yet who hasn't? So, so I have a related question of say that, and I was not, I did not apply. Say that I had won the opportunity to buy a ticket, which is like the weirdest sentence, um, and I didn't buy it. What happens? Are they going to go back through and pick, you know, the you know, 300 people who were awarded the opportunity but didn't purchase a ticket? And if so, when does that happen? You know, I would assume it happens very soon. But, you know, this is new territory. We don't know how this works yet. Developer.apple.com That's where I am right now to try and find the answers to all of these questions and many more. Yeah, and so I think there are a couple things to balance this with. 
one, Apple has gotten much better at the uh, editing and uploading of videos. The so purchase instance, must sorry, the purchase must be completed by April fourteenth. So if you haven't bought your, apparently everybody will be told by uh, will be told on Monday, April seventh. But I don't know if everybody has been. Maybe people just have stopped talking about it. But if, I assume if you've not bought your ticket by Monday, you lose your chance, and then they do a second round. Yeah. Um. So like last year on the plane ride back, I was watching videos from the conference, and so they, they've they've gotten much faster at getting that content out. You know, it used to be, and, and uh, Syracuse has complained of this in the past. Of you know, he obviously been writing OS ten reviews spends a lot of time in this stuff. And it took, if it took Apple six weeks to get a video out the door, that's six weeks where that information is not for consumption. Um, so I think I think that helps a lot. Clearly, there's benefits to being in San Francisco. I know a lot of developers and a lot of people like us who are going, even though we're not going to the conference, because there's, you know, Mike, you and I are going to be very busy that week doing businessy, like important business things, like drinking with Matt. Um but there is there's benefit to being in San Francisco during that that time, even if you don't have a ticket. I think so. That's why I'm spending a lot of money to go there. Like, it's not cheap to fly from the UK to the US, but I'm going to do it because I mean, last year was for me really a really important time. Met a lot of people, um, started a bunch of interesting friendships and/or relationships that are, are important to me now. Uh, and it's also nice to just if you to, to put the faces names together and voices and stuff yeah it's fun for for sure um how do you feel about the lottery system so like listening to atp last week when they were talking when when syracuse uh syracuse was talking about at this point that they didn't know because i think they recorded it the day before yeah it was uh, announced on thursday or no, so, it was announced it was announced yeah, the dates were announced uh, Thursday. Thursday, yeah, yeah. Um, so they were they were after the show. They were actually talking about because Casey worked out his theory, which ended up being correct about when the 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 dates would be. So he was John Syracuse was talking about uh, the the a lottery system in general and how he feels, and I am actually inclined to agree with him that doing a lottery actually doesn't reward the most dedicated people. Like, Apple kind of needs to build a system that can handle the onslaught of ticket applications that they've received in the past. You know, they need to make sure they can find a way to do that because, as he was saying, like, you could just at any point over, like, from Thursday to Monday, you could just swan in and be like, yeah, okay, I'll apply for a ticket. And then those people may have won, and the people that were like, oh, I really, really want to go, don't get to go. Because they weren't, they didn't get picked in the lottery system, and in the previous one, where it was like crazy for everybody, like the people that waited up at crazy times at night or woke up super early and were there, like furiously clicking the buttons within ten seconds of the tickets going on sale, should they be rewarded for their loyalty of doing that, their dedication for doing that? Like I think yes, I think I think that that makes sense to me as a, as a system for for having these sorts of things. Yeah, it does make it really hard, but I'm actually not sure what as what is more. Fair, like, is it more fair that everyone gets an equal shot via a lottery system? Is it more fair that everyone gets equal opportunity because they're told the time, or is it more like, or, or is it less fair? Which I think that because 
you have people that really want to go that don't get to go and people that are maybe not so bothered have now got tickets. My, my problem with that, in addition to what I said earlier about how it's just unfair to a lot of people in a lot of time zones, is that the the people who are going to be like up and awake and clicking, um, the, the, the randomness of a lottery assuming it is random and Apple's not like cherry picking people. Um, the randomness of it is sort of better in my mind because it allows people who might be up and coming, you know, access that they, that they maybe wouldn't otherwise have. I think it, I think it can diversify the audience to it, to a degree. I mean, not perfectly, obviously. And it, uh, that is something I can't really reconcile you know, that like, yes, like John Syracuse should have a ticket and I don't think he did. And that's sad and that's ridiculous. Like he should be throwing a parade. Um, but at the same time, like I think there's opportunities lost because in the past it's been, you know, basically you had to have a really fast internet connection and you had to be available and awake during that time. I mean, you know, Mike, I think we talked about this like on the old five twelve show uh, last year when they announced dates, I was at Disney world, like with my family on vacation. And, uh, even though I don't buy a ticket, you know, you and I were scrambling to get a hotel because the hotel prices go insane as soon as they announce the dates. And this year, the same thing happened. Like it, you know, was announced. I didn't have to wait to see if I was going to get a ticket or not. I was going. And so, you know, we rushed around and got a hotel and that alone is stressful and I can't even imagine if you're trying to like get into the conference because your job depends on it, you know. And yes, the lottery might put some people at a disadvantage, but it it seems like the most fair out of all the possible disadvantages. Hmm. I think there are varying levels of fairness. Well, like, you're just you just socialismed everything. I that's guess all, so. that's what you want. I guess so. I mean, I agree. Like in a perfect world, Apple would do you know, a couple of these or three of these a year and you could only attend once a year and they could get more people. But, you know, and this has been talked to death, but it's a very expensive conference to pull off from Apple's perspective. They have like 500 engineers there. Like Apple's core people are there for a week and they're preparing for weeks. And that's, you know, considerable how, time. How many billions do they have in the bank? It's not about that. It's about man hours. Like you can only have so many man hours and they do. They you can pay for man hours. Well, not to if you haven't degree. got the people. Like if yeah. you can't just like Then magic- you should hire more people. I don't think things are that simple, Federico. <laughs> I think everything's simple when you have all those billions. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Um, and plus, you know, they do, you know, the Apple Design Awards. That takes a lot of time, right? I don't know. Um, I don't know. So it's not, it's not a perfect system. And clearly people who deserve to be there and who, or whose jobs depend on it being there aren't there. And like, that's a real bummer. I think Apple getting the videos out the door as quickly as possible is a huge, huge way to lessen that impact. And, you know, I don't, I don't know. Like, there's not a good solution here. They can't meet the needs of everyone who wants to go and everyone who's willing to pay. And so a lottery seems to be the only system that kind of puts everyone on a level playing field. How is it possible that all these years into WWDC, they're still not, they cannot meet the needs of everybody wants to go there why, it's like, why it's like can 5, I, why can, people like where where can you put more people like they can't rent a football stadium and put 
you know, 20,000 people in the, in the seats for yeah, a then, week of conference. Or why don't you do the three WWDCs every year then? You have the money? It's, you, a, you have it's, the, it's the time. I think the time is the bigger investment. Are you going to have 500 engineers miss a month out of the year because they're doing three of these things? That doesn't seem reasonable. Yeah, especially when your phone is crashing, right? Exactly. <laughs> no tears. Just dreams. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Personally, I'm just sad. So my perspective may be influenced by yeah. my problem. And Well, I'm going to get a giant cut out of your head to carry around with us. That's creepy, Steven. I already told you this. You'll be fine. Um, yeah, I'll be fine. I know. And, uh, I agree with Mike this time. Every once in a while, I mm. agree with Mike. Wow. Yeah. When he says that, I mean, it's ridiculous that Syracuse cannot go to WWDC. And I guess that people who seriously commit to going to WWDC, you know, staying up to check for hotel reservations and tickets and, you know, people who make those kinds of alert systems, they should be rewarded. But I also see the point when you, Stephen, when you say that, like, it allows people to all kinds of different people to go because it's in theory random i don't know so what if you never win what if like next year you don't get a ticket two years from now you don't get a ticket are we even sure that apple will continue with a random system i mean in life for instance i tend to have a bad luck with this sort of games you know (laughs) so like i never win at cards or that kind of like poker, that, that kind of stuff, uh-huh. I never win because I have seriously bad luck. <laughs> I think that Apple should have like a, some sort of death match. Wow. This is the like, best term. Wow. So like a, like an NCAA bracket, which I now realize <laughs> neither of you probably know what it is. And like, so like I have to fight some random developer and whoever wins... Like, I move on, I get to fight another developer, and then mm-hmm. he beats me so I can't go, and he goes on to fight John Syracuse, and John Syracuse beats everybody up. But it could maybe be based on, like, threes or something. I like actual wow. fighting. Okay, we could actually That would be the saddest. Too. Can you just imagine a room full of, like, developer nerds fighting each other? Developer deathmatch. It would be just, like, slaps and coffee like you just like someone's like beating someone with an arrow press. Like that's just how it would go down. <laughs> we should end the show. <laughs> On that bombshell. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Prompt. If you'd like to catch up with the uh, stories discussed. Oh, man, I just ended. That's how I end the news. I just ended the news. This is The Prompt. This is the world's greatest podcast. That is the world's shortest podcast. Correct. If you would like to find out about what we discussed today, go to 5x5.tv. What am I doing? Slash prompt slash 43. <laughs> That's where we've got the show notes. That's where show notes are. If you'd like to find <laughs> us online, there's a few ways you can do that. Stephen writes at 512pixels.net and Federico writes at maxstories.net and I host a bunch of shows over at 5x5.tv of which this podcast is a part of. If you'd like to find us on Twitter, I'm iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Federico is at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. And also, Mr. Stephen Hackett is at ISMH. I would like to mention very quickly, because I can, um, if you've not listened to Directional yet, which is mine and Federico's show, uh, which we also do on 5x5 about video games, you should listen to the episode that we recorded yesterday, episode 7. We were yeah. joined by Shahid Ahmad, who works at PlayStation, which was 
amazing and he was gave a very frank and open interview about working at playstation and some amazing work that he does so you i think you should just listen to that and then see if you enjoy the show i think you'll i think many people will derive some sort of enjoyment out of the episode because we enjoy making it so the prompt is also at underscore the prompt on twitter if you would like to uh get in touch with the show that way we love to receive feedback that way and if you'd like to send us an email that goes to Stephen's inbox, 5x5.tv, and hit the contact button. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Prompt. We'll be back next week. Until then, goodbye and good luck. Arrivederci. Adios. And may the WWDC tickets forever be in your favor or something. No. No, Sorry. that joke is so bad. I know, right? That's why I knew you hated it so much, which is why I wanted to put it at the end of the show.